Welcome to Kingdom Perspectives. My name is Simone Turner and it's my privilege to host you for today's podcast. Kingdom Perspectives is all about getting God's perspective on life, culture and ministry. In a world of increasing noise and deception, we need to cut through the confusion and complexity of the times we live in and get God's perspective on our lives. I encourage you to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this podcast on a weekly basis. Also, if you'd like to leave us a brief review, that would be a great blessing to us. Well, welcome again, Pastor Corey Turner, to the podcast today. Thank you very much, Pastor Simone. How are you doing and coping four weeks into this lockdown? Yes, I'm coping okay, pretty well. I'm counting down the days, but uh, we're, we're getting surviving. There. We are. In our makeshift studio at home in our cinema room. Yes, the uh, home has been adapted, but <laughs> we're all adapting, aren't we, in this yes. season? And a very good topic for us to talk about, very relevant today. Yep. Um, God's answer to life's complexities. Really important topic. And although uh, here in Victoria and in Melbourne, uh, we're on lockdown measures and restrictions, and there may not be the same complexity uh, that we had pre-COVID, I can tell you there's still a lot of complexity to all of what we're facing. It kind of seems to highlight it, doesn't it, even in this season? The complexities that we've always had there get really amplified. So can you talk to us today about the increasing complexity of the times that we live in? Yeah, well, for me, um, I'll share a a funny little story of how complexity came to my attention uh, beyond the obvious. Um, Several years ago, when I was traveling full time, uh, preaching and teaching across the body of Christ all over the world, I came home uh, to my family, in fact, to you and the kids. Oh, that's good. Saying, I'm glad we were there. Yeah, I'm glad you were there. Saying <laughs> that there, there needed to be an intervention on how many pairs of shoes I had accumulated over the years in my cupboard. Well, we were... No, they weren't just in your cupboard. We were finding them all over the house. Okay. In different places. <laughs> right. Apologies about that. It's taking over. Something and, had to be done. And I was very hurt at the time. But then you started to talk about Imelda Marcos and his 1,220 <laughs> pairs of shoes and said, look, this is heading in this direction. So yes. um, an intervention took place and the kids all lined up my shoes and we ended up counting. There is some footage of this that there won't, will never be proof, seen. Very good um, evidence. But we ended up counting 77 pairs of shoes. Who has that many? Why do you need that many? Look, there are a lot of sneakers that are very cool. There are a lot of shoes that you need to wear. You, you, you just need a different shoe for every hour. Was there any there, let's be honest, any pair there that you had never worn? Um, there, there may have been one or two that are only worn once. Okay. Yeah. Right. But look, I repented, okay. which, mean, which means change your mind, change your heart. And I got rid of about, I think, 40 pairs. We yeah, just we were a blessing to somebody else. Hmm. And we may or may not have gained back some ground I think on that. that that definitely has occurred. It's been a few years it's now. It's nowhere near it, Sim. But we, well, we are heading in that direction. I'll go and count later if you like. However, I think <laughs> it became very clear to us that um, complexity comes in different shapes and sizes. And our <laughs> culture is plagued by this notion that the good life is found in the accumulation of more. 
And what we don't realize is the more you accumulate, mm. not just in your possessions, but in the busyness of your life, in the demands and expectations around you, the more complex life gets. Yeah. John D. Rockefeller was asked how much money is enough, and he said one more dollar. And many of us have bought into this idea, and as a result, our lives have become increasingly complex. So I think it's really important that we do begin to talk about it mm. uh, because many of us are looking in the wrong places for um, resolving the complexity of our lives. Okay, so where do most of us look to? If we're wanting these answers, if we're feeling a little bit maybe claustrophobic, you know what that feels like in our <laughs> lives. Maybe there's a bit of clutter or maybe too even many our, shoes. too many shoes, yep. too many watches, too <laughs> many hats, too many. Sim, should I keep it's going? Very no, no, okay. Let's stop. I'm not talking about anyone in particular. But some of us might be feeling like things are a bit cluttered, not just even in the natural, but our schedule could feel a bit overloaded. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, we're looking for answers. So where do we look for these answers for the complex life? Well, I think that most of us look to the repertoire of human strategies that yeah. are available to us, particularly at this point online. Many of us are checking in online. We're looking to self-help books and seminars and coaches and mm. therapists and the ideas of minimalistic living and yep. as, it regard, as it applies to fashion, transport, all of these things. These things tend to be the usual suspects to simplifying our lives. And whilst these things are not bad in themselves and can be quite helpful. practically helpful, yeah. they don't necessarily bring about lasting change. No. Because they deal with external symptoms, Great. they don't deal with the internal root issues of our hearts. The epicenter of transformation in our lives is our hearts. That's why in Proverbs 4.23, the Bible says, guard your heart for out of it flow the springs of life. And the problem with our hearts is that our hearts are quite limited in its ability to change itself. We tend to always default back to the old patterns of the brokenness of our sinful nature. And Jeremiah 17.9 talks about how the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? The answer is only God. Yeah. So if we're going to find sustainable solutions to complex problems, whilst we can look to the external practical helps of the world, we actually need to turn away from ourselves and turn towards God. Yeah, I like it. Um, so as we're turning towards God, can you talk a little bit about what God's solutions are to these complexities? Maybe uh, a good place to start is the Word of God. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what God's Word teaches us and points us to is this crazy uh, uh, word and concept and, uh, and approach to life that many of us struggle to wrap our hearts and minds with. And I'll introduce that word by reading to you John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And what he's talking about here is obedience, the simplicity of obedience. If there is anyone that we can look to uh, for as a model to overcome the complexity that we find ourselves in, it's Jesus because he modeled to us a lifestyle of simple obedience. In John 5, 19, he said, I only ever do that which I see my father yeah. doing. Um, I remember asking God one time, how do I organize my schedule in a way that keeps me sane, my wife sane, the kids Amen. sane, everyone sane. And the Lord said to me, 
that it wasn't so much about what um, you didn't put in to the schedule as it is about what you do put in when it comes to the priority Great. of intimacy. Good. He said, begin with intimacy mm. and then out of a place of intimacy with him, revelation will come that will actually reveal to me how I'm to respond to the demands, the expectations, Good. the yep. appointments, the things that comes my way. And a lot of people may be hearing this and going, well, that's okay for you because you're a, a, a spiritual leader of a faith community. You're the senior pastor of Numa Church, but I've got kids and bills and demands and social media and Netflix and I've got uh, things that I've got to build my life around. And you, Corey, you just can sit in a room and just pray uh, 24-7 yeah. mm. and you live with me. You know that that is not the reality. It's all you do all day. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we all have... Uh, bills to pay and uh, challenges with kids and their schooling and the demands of everyday life. Well, many of us, we like the idea of Jesus as our saviour to save us from our sin and save us from our problems, but we don't always like the idea of Jesus as Lord, Lord of our priorities and Lord of our decisions. And the simplicity of obedience takes its effect when the issue of lordship is actually resolved in our hearts. Obedience is more than simply saying yes to giving up things. It's actually disowning yourself as the Lord of your life. Wow. And I think a lot of the complexity that comes into our lives is mm. because we assume the position of Lord of our own lives. Yeah. We think we need this. We want yeah. this. That's how life should be. Rather than, no, I don't actually need that and I don't actually have to have that. What I need to do is to come back to Jesus, you are the king of my heart mm. and you are the Lord of my life and there are some very focused priorities that you have for me that I need to focus on in my life. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And immediately many of us will go to the idea of the Ten Commandments, but I would actually call us to come to the great commandment of the New Testament, which is love the Lord yeah. your God with all your heart, soul, strength, right. and mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. When your life is motivated with a passionate love for God and a passionate love for others, and you simply want to obey God in those two spheres of relationship, life becomes very simple. Uh, obeying Jesus' commandments goes beyond simply observing a list of ethical rules. It actually is living in the light of the Father's revelation for your life as you walk in intimacy with Him every day. And some of us would have been familiar with the writings of Richard Foster, a great author. Yeah. Uh, he talks, he's written a book on the celebration of discipline. And uh, he, he says, holy obedience mm. is the single eye that bathes the entire personality in light. Mm. What a quote. Um, he's, he, he talks about how obedience is the God intoxicated life. Wow. that knows how to be brought low, that knows yeah. how to abound. And when your soul is possessed by God, you don't need to go searching for a vision of a simpler life. He leads you into yeah. a simple life uh, of loving Him and loving others through obedience. Mm. And I would really just begin to encourage people that when we talk about obedience, we're not talking about have to, we're yep. talking about get to. Right. It's not duty, it's love. Duty says, I have to do this. Yeah. Uh, love says, I get to do this 
because God means more to me than anything else. So I think it's really important that we come back to the essence of obedience as it applies to a life of complexity. Yeah, I think to be honest, as you're talking about that as being a part of the solution to our complexity, it's it's very sobering and humbling to hear that my obedience to God is a part of the key to that yeah. because it means that um, I can reflect on the things that are priorities in my life and that perhaps have become too important, more important than aligning with what God wants for my life. And so that can be challenging. That can be confronting, but uh, can be something that can really bring us such uh, peace as well in our world. As we surrender to God's will, it's a trust that His will is actually better than my way. His way better than my way. And so as we're kind of confronted with that reality that this is about obedience, um, what would you say are some practical steps towards the simplicity of obedience? I think this is really important because we've heard the concept. It's now we need to apply it. What does that look like? The first thing I would say is, um, don't give away all your money. Don't leave your job. Yeah. Don't even go around don't preaching. Don't go the other and, extreme. Yeah. Telling everyone, uh, you know, that you're checking out of life as it is. Um, I'd encourage people to begin right where they are with what's in their hands to obey God in every way that they right. can. Right. Um, just start with what is in your hand. What is it? And ask the question, God, what are you asking me to do? in stewarding my home, in stewarding my car, in stewarding my money. Yeah. Go through the key areas of your life. Work out what's already in your hand, what's already before you, and begin to bring it into alignment with the kingdom of God. Great. And so a second thing with that is seek first God's kingdom. Yeah. Okay? And that looks like what what does it mean in how I steward my job, how I steward my relationships, how I steward my – what does it look like to truly seek first the kingdom of God. And I came to a point in my journey where I I had the conviction that to seek first God's uh, God's kingdom first in my day began with seeking his presence first in devotion. Now, someone else may have another conviction, and, and it's not like there's a more holy, sacred moment in the day than any other. But for me, it looked like, okay, what am I going to do when I first wake up? Yeah. And I used to do a lot of exercise when I first woke up, and, and that's all good and okay. And I still exercise in the mornings, but my first priority is, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simplify my life yeah. by actually prioritizing my time with, with God. God every morning. Awesome. Um, I'd also say to people, if you stumble and fall and life gets overwhelmingly complex again, get back up, yeah. dust yourself off, keep moving forward. Don't wallow in self-pity. And go, it's all too hard. I'm overcome. I'll never win this battle. No, you can win this battle. You've got to, though, um, get back up and keep moving. I would also say to people to let godly people speak into their lives Mm. because none of us can live a simple life on our own. Mm. Uh, It's important that we have not just the uh, people speaking into our lives, but the right people. Mm. And sometimes that takes a bit of searching out and uh, and prayerful seeking out where we are saying, okay, who do I want to begin to speak into my world that can really help me on this journey? Maybe there's a, a fellow uh, Christian or a friend or a family member 
that seems to approach their life in a really efficient, effective, and simple way, and maybe take them out for a coffee, shout them a meal, and, and ask them questions about what, have, what do they do and how do they approach their life. And they may not be able to give you all detailed answers, but you can glean some things from that conversation that you can apply in your own life and really help you. So I think these are some practical things that you can do without knowing all of the details and circumstances of people's individual lives. I think these would be a good starting place. When it comes to your schedule, I'd encourage you just for 30 minutes every week to refocus yourself mm. around your life mission. Great. To actually, if you can articulate what your life mission is, begin to align your schedule and execute your life around that life mission, bring that into focus and go, where in my week this week am I actually in alignment with it rather than saying yes to everything, yeah. rather than saying no to good and important things that should be in alignment with your mission. You actually need to evaluate your diary and your schedule in light of your calling and your mission and that which God has entrusted to you. I think these are a few simple tools and ways that we can begin to simplify our lives. Yeah, that's so helpful. And as you're talking, it sounds like it's this life that acknowledges that we are surrendered to God, that He's given us life. He's the source of our life. He's created us. He knows us the best. And uh, an acknowledgement that my my life is not my own, that yeah. I live for Jesus, and uh, it's this great opportunity for us. And we do. There's different seasons where again we feel like we've got to make that confession again and that declaration. God, my life is yours. Yeah. What is it supposed to look like? What do you want me to adjust and realign? But I can imagine that there may be some people who are listening to this thinking, I want to change the complexity of my life. But it seems really hard. It yeah. seems like it's really challenging. What would you say to them? Yeah, I'd say, well, if all of this sounds difficult to you, which I can understand and I've been there myself, it's often because we're approaching it in our own strength and our own will. Yeah. And this is where we really need to understand and partner with the Holy Spirit. Um, if, if the joy of the Lord is our strength, then obedience will become easier. Wow. Because joy, not grit is the hallmark of Mm. a simple and obedient life. Good, yeah. If you're just gritting your teeth, trying to, you know, um, hold on until Jesus comes, it's going to be a miserable life. It's going to be painful. God wants you to enjoy your life. And joy, not grit, is the hallmark. So the ministry of self-surrender is to be a lighthearted journey, not a heavy burden that Mm. steals your peace. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. Upon you, and you've got to ask yourself the question: Whose yoke am I carrying? Yeah. Have I taken on my own yoke of my own will and the expectations of the culture around me, mm. or have I truly taken on the yoke of Jesus? And the more yielded you are to Christ, the more quickly you will advance in the simplicity of obedience. And I take great courage in the fact that I don't need to be advanced in the intricacies of sainthood to actually move into the simplicity of obedience. I only need one thing, a desire to know God and to walk with him. Micah 6.8 says, what does the Lord require of you but to walk humbly with your God? And I just believe that, you know, uh, obedience is not going to be something that comes easy when I'm approaching it in Mm -hmm. my own will. I've got to be hungry for God. I've got to be hungry 
to be responsive and obedient to him. Uh, but it, it really, hunger and humility is the prerequisite for every breakthrough in your walk with God. You have as much of God today as you wanted him yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I would just encourage people to come back to being motivated by a love for God, a love for people, and out of the overflow of that uh, and the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, obedience will become much easier. Well, Pastor Corey, we really appreciate you. We thank you so much for sharing from your heart today. Um, You you. also have some really great resources. Can you tell us about uh, those books that you have available? Yeah, apart from this podcast, our own Numa Church podcast that uh, uh, broadcasts our weekly services and all the sermons there, um, there are two resources that are books that I've written. One is called The Supernatural Life, all about the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. And the other is on prophetic vision, how you can see your future clearly. Both of these books and resources can be accessed by uh, just uh, going online to numa.church, our ministry resource center, and you can order them and we'll make sure they get shipped out to you. And we also want to thank you for listening to Kingdom Perspectives today. I'm Simone Turner and it's been my privilege to host you. I encourage you to click on the subscribe button to automatically receive this podcast on a weekly basis. Also, if you'd like to leave us a brief review, that would be a great blessing to us. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and I invite you to join us again next week for another edition of Kingdom Perspectives as we get God's perspective on life, culture and ministry. And remember, in all that you do, seek first the kingdom of God.